How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Joining me now, we're going to have from Crossing Broad. He does a little Phillies coverage. He does a little gambling coverage. does a little bit of everything. Bob Wankel's on the show. What's up, Bob? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, always happy to have you on. And let's, I mean, it's an interesting time with the Phillies right now, right? Like, the team's spiraling out of control. They just lost a series to the White Sox. Franco's been sent down to AAA. What do you make of this team, Bob? Yeah, it's, it's not good. I was down there today. I was in the locker room after the game, and uh, I would call it definitely a subdued locker room uh, post-game. I think that Gabe Kapler sort of out of answers. He was asked why they seem to struggle so much situationally. Uh, at the plate in big spots. They were only 5 for 26 with runners in scoring position this weekend uh, against the White Sox team that, that came in at 19-32 and 32 on the road uh, and with an ERA hovering around 5, and they just couldn't do anything in any of the three games. And, uh, you know, Gabe said basically it's not any one thing. It's, it's a combination of things, and, uh, you know, it's, it's ugly right now. It's about as ugly as it could be for a team that's five games over 500 and, and holding on to a wild-card spot. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Do you think they're going to hold on to that wild card spot? Uh, last time you had me on, you asked, uh, you asked me this, and I had said, I, I think so. Um, you know, the only thing I can say is that we're, we're hyper-focused on the Philly shortcomings, but if you look across uh, at the other National League wild card contenders, nobody outside of the Mets who have won nine of their last ten games has really played well lately. Washington, I believe, is three and seven in their last ten. St. Louis five and five, Milwaukee four and six. Nobody's really playing good baseball right now, and you know I think whoever wins that second wild card spot is going to be a pretty bad team. So the the NL won't allow the Phillies to fall out of this race, but they've got to play better. And I I know Gabe Kapler said after the game today that he. He thinks they're a better team than this and knows that he's a better team than this, but there really isn't any indication that they are a better team than this. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's been 110 games or so into the season, and everybody's been underperforming. And, like, is there anything that you could think of that fixes this team? Like, what would if you were Gabe Kapler, what would you do, Bob? How do you fix this? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a, that's a long answer. Um I think it's a combination of factors. The thing that, that they've run into, injuries have obviously played a part, and specifically in the bullpen. And I think that they were hoping that the bullpen would cover up the flaws or perhaps the inconsistencies of a young starting rotation. They've had the injuries, and so now the bullpen's a mess. And they've tried to patch it with guys like Mike Morin, Blake Parker. It, it, and that's just it's, – it's a tough ask for, for you to, you know, come in and, and take journeyman guys and try to piece it together now. The issue is the offense, and I, and I thought that it was the offense all along. I mean, they are in the bottom third of the league in OPS, slugging percentage. I believe they're 18th in, in on-base percentage. That has been so overwhelmingly uh, disappointing to, to see because you really thought that this team, if nothing else, was going to mash night in, night out, and it hasn't played out that way. So how do you fix it? You know, I, I'm uncomfortable calling for people's jobs, I, you know, and, and that's not really my business. And, and I don't know that firing somebody, whether it be the manager or an assistant coach, just automatically cures this thing. But 
like you said, you're 110 games into this thing now, and you're not getting fixes, and you're not getting consistent offensive production, and you start to have to wonder, like, well, is it really on the players, or is it on the approach? Is it on the, the coaching aspect of it? And I think that that's where you have to turn your attention right now. You're not going to be able to do much in terms of personnel at this point, the only thing that you can do possibly is change the voice that's in their ears. And, you know, it's something that I think the Phillies have to at least consider at this point. And, again, I'm not advocating for anybody to be fired, but it's just it's not working right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, just to make this clear, if Bob Wankel was Gabe Kapler, his answer would be to fire himself. Um, that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean I, I, the reason why I answer the question that way is, and, and I know that you're aware of this, and I'm sure that most people listening are aware of this, but I just don't think that there's a fix. And I certainly don't think that sending Mike Franco to AAA Lehigh Valley is the fix either. I know you've been uh, talking about that a little bit tonight. I mean, certainly he he's the guy that, that kind of took the fall here today, but uh, the, the problems go far beyond Mike. Well, that's the thing, right? Like the question I've been asking everybody, and I just I might as well ask you as well. We're talking with Bob Wankel of Crossing Broad, by the way. Is did Franco fail the Phillies, or did the Phillies fail Franco over these past couple years? Yeah, you know, the Phillies have had an inability to develop, uh, you know, big time hitters over the last five to ten years. There's really he was the guy that people thought was going to come up and, and be that big time offensive prospect, and it hasn't materialized. I mean, you know, the Phillies want him to hit the ball in the air more. That was the fix. They, the Phillies really felt like this current regime felt like that if they could get him to hit the ball in the air more consistently, which he has marginally approved upon, uh, that that may yield better results. But it just it hasn't. Um, you know, it's hard, though. I mean, I know there are some people out there that kind of feel bad for Mike Franco, sort of like, you know, how, how could they send him down? But you do look at it, and he has a 702 OPS which ranked 69th out of 77 qualified National League hitters. I mean, he has been ultra unproductive, and it really is sort of hard to defend his status on this team. But then when you look at the option and, and the other guy being Sean Rodriguez, I think that that's what kind of that makes people feel a little bit more sympathetic about the situation. Uh, but I, it, it's weird. When things don't go well, it seems to fall on Mike Alfranco. He's the one that gets benched. Um, he was the one that was sent down today. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit bizarre, to be honest with you. Well, that's just the state of the Phillies. You know, everything is bizarre with this team, and it's going to get weirder by the day, I think. I mean, Kapler is just, he's hes a fascinating guy in his press conference recently, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he came in Friday night, and I was i was especially surprised by, by his tone on Friday night. And he said, you know, we, we fought and we clawed, and I was so proud of our guys. And, and honestly, I think that if I had to, to try to guess what's really going through his mind, I think that he probably feels like, you know, I like to mix and match in my bullpen. I, I have certain philosophies, and, and I think if you're Gabe Kapler, you sort of have to feel like you haven't been given the, the full stack of cards, you know, um, with what this bullpen looks like, with, with what some of the offensive parts look like, with what the starting rotation's been like. Um, I, I think that there's got to be at least a part of him deep down inside, and he'll tell you that it's his job to, to fit the puzzle pieces together and that it's up to him to, you know, make it work, and he enjoys the challenge. That's what he always tells the reporters. But I think privately, he's got to be a little bit frustrated with the, with the personnel on this team. Yeah, you just have to be. I mean, they've been underperforming all across the board. Now, let's change gears a little bit because you're a multi-talented guy, Bob, and that's why I had to bring right. you on. Because on top of your Phillies three. coverage, which, of course, you do an excellent job with at Crossing Broad, you're also a bit of a gambling writer. So let me ask you, there's a major change recently in Pennsylvania with gambling. What is that change? 
Yeah, basically we have uh, four uh, online sports books uh, now offering odds to residents or people that are just physically in Pennsylvania. FanDuel went uh, live uh, in late July a couple weeks ago, and uh, that's going to be a big one. Uh, Sugar House uh, Parks is, is a player in this as well as, as, well as uh, Bet Rivers. So you have four books operating right now. There's more to follow. Uh, DraftKings has teamed up with Penn National Gaming. There's an expectation that DraftKings will get involved before the regular season starts with the football. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time for, for people that want that action in the state of Pennsylvania, for sure. And it's, it's been in New Jersey since uh, last summer. Yeah, and now that it is in Pennsylvania, here's the other thing, is that people are going to be able to do this in the parking lot of an Eagles game, right? And so when you've got all these people, they're going to be hanging out. They're going to have the opportunity to drink some beers and place bets on the birds. Do you have any birds, uh, like lines or anything, coming up for this season? <laughs> do you want to do some preseason stuff, some like next-level degenerate type stuff? Yes, absolutely I want to do degenerate <laughs> stuff. Please give okay. me those things. Yeah, so the Eagles are a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, on Thursday night against the Titans. And, uh, you know, I, I will say this. They're 5-1 and one against the spread under Doug Peterson at home uh, during the preseason. <laughs> uh, they've actually been the most profitable preseason team at home uh, dating back to the 2005 season. And that's a, uh, out of every team in football. I believe they're 19-11 uh, and 11 against the spread at home during the preseason. So, uh, if you're really uh, feeling the itch and, and you get down to the stadium on Thursday night and you want to get involved, you can kind of put that into your back pocket, I guess. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so ready. Let's go. I'm betting and, Eagles-Titans. And you know what, man? Like People say, like I'll never bet on preseason football. And then they kind of casually walk away from the crowd and they take out their phone and they sneak their bet. You know, like People <laughs> bet on preseason football. It's a, it's a total fallacy that that people are above uh you know morally above betting on exhibition football well yeah and you can rationalize it so easily right it's just like oh well it's just five bucks and it's a, it makes the game more fun like i would imagine the betting on the fourth preseason game is probably the most insane betting there is but i would to- i totally get why people would do it I mean, people bet on, you know, European tennis at work on a Wednesday morning. They bet on, you know, they're betting on NHL games as bailouts in the in the middle of the winter at 1030. They got money on the Sharks, you know, Sharks Kings. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I don't think anybody's actually above betting on, on the NFL preseason. But, yeah, just, just something to kind of put in your back pocket for this upcoming Thursday. Um, as, as far as the regular season goes, they open uh, week one against the Redskins as an eight-and-a-half to nine-point favorite, depending on where you're looking. And, they're favored in uh, 11 of their 15 games, their first 15 games overall. You can actually bet on uh, at FanDuel uh, and uh, DraftKings and Sugarhouse, uh, the major books here. You can bet on all of the first 15 Eagles games this season, and they wow. are favored in 11 of the first 15 games. But interestingly, they're actually an underdog in four of their first seven. So the first half of the schedule is a little bit challenging. And then, as of right now, uh, they're favored in, in every game in the second half of the season, which is pretty interesting. That is amazing. For a team with high expectations, it's nice to see that Vegas is backing them a little bit there as well. And, uh, and Bob, hey, I'm always going to back you, my friend. You do great work over Crossing Broad. You can find him at BW Crossing Broad on Twitter. Bob Wankel, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 